the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Don't worry, we're not paying the whole thing. (laughs) It's an all right song. I like Doc Rivers' version of it better, but that's all right. Have you ever heard Doc Rivers' version of it, yeah. Heidi? Yeah. It's, it, Doc Rivers took all of those songs and changed them, believe me. He was a jock up in uh, Seattle, Washington for decades. And uh, my favorite song that he did is uh, he took uh, the B-52s or took, they made it sound like it was the B-52s and it did a, a song called uh, Toy Sack, which I love playing. And then the other one was walking around in, in men's underwear. That's the other one that I liked. It was a great one as well. By the way, today in history, are you ready for this one? All right. I, I historically bring Heidi up to, to, to rock and roll here. And you'll like this. Jerry, uh, Terry Yamauchi is here with us today. Today, a famous live album was recorded. In, at, at Gonzaga University in 1968. Do you know what that album was? It was the fifth performance of a group that was going to go on to be one of the super groups. And on the, uh, the billboard, it said Vanilla Fudge with Lynn Zeppelin. Uh, not Led Zeppelin, it said Lynn Zeppelin on uh, on the billboard. But some kid had a, uh, remember when we could buy those little reel-to-reel recorders? Yeah. He had one of those there and recorded the uh, the, the album. It's, uh, you can still get it. Gonzaga, I think, 69, Led Zeppelin Live. Unbelievable. Here's the song they opened up with. They opened up with Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I I went nuts this morning when I read that. I I get excited when I see stuff like that. I those are my years that I just remember. Music was at its best, as far as rock and roll. Were you a Led Zeppelin fan? No, you weren't. All right. So what what what? Not Frank Sinatra, right? I mean, you 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 had you had moved into rock and roll, right? I was always Grateful Dead. And oh, okay. Some of those. That's good. So I saw. Did you ever see the Dead? Yeah. I saw them uh, in Chicago at the amphitheater. Longest concert I ever saw, five and a half hours. They were great. They were they were fantastic. Well, see, everybody, and, and Heidi's looking, it's like, five and a half hours? You know, I can see her face. They were known for that, you know, Jerry Garcia and them, because they had, it was the Grateful Dead, and then you had Pigpen, and you had all the other members of the group, and they all had their own bands, too. So they were performed. So it was... And then they all just got up there and started jamming. They didn't know what they were going to play. They just started playing. The only song that I wanted them to do was trucking. Yep. That's the only song I wanted them to do trucking. That was that was the big one. I, 
I wanted them to do. So how was your how's your holiday been, Terry? It's been it's been good. I mean, um, haven't done much, but do lots of reading and uh, just taking day hanging out. I yep. went up to visit my daughter in uh, St. Louis, and that was always fun. Did you have some barbecue up there? Did not have, but uh, had some lots of other food. See, I like barbecue up in that area because it's not so wet. I like that dry rub, so and and that's really really good. Not such a Kansas City guy, and I like Memphis barbecue too. I do too. You yeah. know, I go over to Rendezvous ever so often. Go get some barbecue over there in, in Memphis. It's a good place to get some barbecue. But uh, yeah, St. Louis, nice town. I like there. And hate their ball club, but love loves their town. I'm not, I'm not a Cardinal fan, and everybody knows why because I'm a Cub fan. Cub fans don't like Cardinal fans. They don't like Cardinal baseball. Just what, tell the story before we get started here because we're going to cover everything about uh, Omicron and what's going on. And that is. Who did you get a Christmas card from? You got it from the Dodgers organization because you're you're like a scout for the Dodgers, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I got a Christmas card from uh, Tony Oliva, but I uh, I've been getting cards from him for years. Amazing. He's a, he's a wonderful guy. And, you have to be friends with him, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's and he, of course he loves talk hitting and tell you about hitting, and you know he, he's a <laughs> He's Why? Tony s- Oliva talking about hitting? Anyway. And I hear from Maury Wills. Um, the man who destroyed baseball. <laughs> <laughs> See, the reason I say that, he's the man who, who pushed free agency. Yes, yes. Uh, but, you know, uh, I I used to hear from Kurt Flood. And, oh, of course, wow. he is the – and I think I – didn't I give you – what what baseball have I given you? No, didn't give me Kurt Flood because it'd be sitting right next to my Johnny Bench if you'd give me Kurt Flood. Okay, um, yeah, I've got you know I went to the fantasy baseball camp. Of course, you and, you've uh, told those stories. Yeah, and uh, so I just I just love to uh, you know think about those days. Well, in fact, I got a call yesterday from. Uh, uh, Ken McMullen. Do you okay. remember Ken McMullen? He's I remember that He's played for name. a bunch of different teams. I remember that And name. another real gentleman. And, and he doesn't send Christmas cards, but he always calls a couple times a year and to uh, talk about, uh, you know, how old he's getting and how he can't do this <laughs> and that anymore. And he has a, a fr- uh, ranch or a farm in Oregon over in eastern southeastern oregon or central he's yeah he's in the he's in the conservative area of oregon uh yeah <laughs> he lives half the year though in oxnard california oh, yeah. okay uh where my my mother is from and actually he knows some yama uchis from oxnard very cool yeah it's and he, he's another really really good guy okay so terry comes in today and he says hey they, they inducted a bunch of players into the dodgers hall of fame and I'm like, how long? Why did it take so long? When he started telling to me, Sandy yeah. Koufax, Vince Scully, Vince Scully, uh, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. My God, that's yeah. unbelievable. Don Drysdale. I think there are five, and I, I'm locking or blanking now on the. I gotta, I gotta talk about Drysdale. Tell my favorite story about Don Drysdale. Okay. Don Drysdale was known to challenge hitters. Yes. 
he would pitch inside. Yes. Right? That, that's, that's called he would hit you if you wanted to. And uh, if he hit somebody and, as they, and if they're running down to first base and they'd be you know, staring at him, he said, come back tomorrow and I'll sign the bruise. <laughs> you couldn't get away with that. Now they throw you out of the game. I faced That's when him. baseball I, was faced. I faced him at fantasy camp. He threw hard. <laughs> yeah, People don't realize I'll, how I'll, hard he threw. Okay, yeah. You know, and I love Sandy Koufax. And even with Sandy Koufax, you, you hear he was a junk pitcher, which means cool. well, you he still a, threw hard. As you, uh, you as a pitcher, yeah, maybe, you know, Don Dreiser, when he threw, his balls came, and if you were catching him, they were heavy. They exploded, heavy. too. Well, they just they were very heavy. Yeah. Now, uh, Sandy Koufax, who throw through it's a feather. It, that's right. It was. It was. It, you know, it was like like a feather. It was real light, and I always wondered why is that? What makes rotation? It? So were would were you throwing heavy balls or like I I threw more of just a medium ball. I mean, I I threw. A lot of breaking balls, but I could throw a fastball too. I ninety four, yeah. ninety five miles an hour. Yeah. That was pretty good back in the day. It's still pretty good. No, it's not that good anymore. Hundred miles an hour gets mm-hmm. you get you a million dollars easy. Yeah, well, those guys. Uh, I was always, and I always asked, why is your why is your fastball so heavy? Why is it coming? Yeah, they couldn't tell me. And it's it's about rotation. I mean, it's all about rotation now. That's all you hear about now is rotation, rotation, rotation. I mean, it got it really got underway. I forget what the pitcher's name from Houston was. That was a he graduated with a, a degree in physics, and he started talking about rotation. Huh. And that's that's been the big thing now. It's rotation. How many how many Did turns you, you getting on that ball? Cross stitch or what? I threw a cross. I threw a cross. Cross stitch. That's what I do. Four, four, four. Uh, because that's sometimes four finger. Uh, you got your two fingers, and then where the stitches kind of round it and started coming back the other way, I put my fingers right there. That's where I when I threw a fastball, and it tend to rise when I would throw it. It would. For the physicists that say ball the baseball don't move, that there's no such thing as a ball uh, as a curveball. You've never been up at the plate trying to hit a ball. Right. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. Because right. I'm telling you, that ball moves. All right, enough about baseball. We're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about COVID. I got the man on here that can tell us about it, uh, and we'll talk about Omicron or Omicron, whichever way you want to pronounce it. But right now, East End Towing wants you to know if you get stuck out on the highway and you need a tow truck, you need to call them at 501-888-8849. Uh, no matter the situation, you know what do you uh, you know you might be saying what are you talking about, Dave? Your situation is you're stuck on the road. Well, m- maybe there's more to it. Maybe you're towing your boat. Maybe you're towing a camper. You know what do we do with that? You know uh, how do you how do you make sure that the towing company takes your car where you want it to be taken to and things of that nature? East End Towing handles all that for you. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it for you. That's uh, 501-888-8849. All right, we're going to move away from baseball right now. Promise me when we get into next year, Terry, you come on and we'll just do two hours on baseball. It's okay with me. We'll just sit there. I know it's okay with you. 
I love uh, it. That's what we do. We, J- Terry and I go out to dinner, and we don't talk about nothing but baseball. <laughs> we love it. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people are concerned about what's going on in the wonderful world of COVID and Omicron and all the rest. You told me yesterday when I called. Was it yesterday before I called you? It was day before, and I asked you to be on the show today. And you said I want to talk about uh, pharmaceuticals. They're not talking about it, and you know they—they're supposed to be really good. That's what they're saying. Well, Dave, I think you know how I feel about some of this stuff. There's the whole scene. That, <clears throat> excuse me. The whole scene has just changed so much. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know what's happening. A lot of times, I hear one thing, and the next day they change it. I hear one fact, and it's not a fact. Uh, you know how forever I've had this thing about statistics. I yeah. just uh, hate statistics because you can do anything you want with them. So pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, the that industry has gotten so enormous and has uh, come into play in just about every part of our lives, everything, diets, uh, regular health, uh, just everything. And the financial part of pharmaceuticals has gone crazy because, again, there's so much money to be made, and uh, I don't know who's getting the money. And you know, uh, in pharmaceuticals, all they have to do is change a single molecule, and it's a different drug. Uh-huh. It may have the same effects, but it's a different drug, so you can charge more, or uh, they can sell it as something different. So. Uh, there's all kinds of problems. Uh, how much research do you have to do? How much testing do you have to do? Seems like that changes all the time, too. Can you use it in kids? Well, you know, we've only tested it in monkeys or in rats or, um, you know. Uh, so it's a, it's a huge area of discussion and controversy. Well, uh, I keep hearing that it would be great if they would – you know, if the Biden administration would get off of everybody's got to be vaccinated or wear a mask and get on to uh, getting the pharmaceuticals out there into uh, the marketplace, that if people started getting ill, they could take a pill that would keep them probably out of the hospital. They'd feel a little, you know, bad for a few days and then they'd come back kind of like the flu. Well, the drug that they're pushing right now is one that they've claim will do that right and so you know of course that's, that's a merc drug right that's correct then that's going to be a you know multi-billion billion dollar drug uh it's going to be if if it proves to be as as they are promoting as good as they say um it's a gold mine yeah well i've heard them talk 91 percent that's I, I that's that's pretty good for a drug. To be honest with you, yeah, you know that you talk about. So what? What's your your think? Does the Omicron supposedly less less uh, you know making you sick less, but what, easier to transfer? Yeah, see, Dave, that's just that's another thing. You've heard it both ways. You know, when it first came out, we heard it was it was more serious that it was you know causing death more frequently and the statistics were higher for death 
Well, now they're saying, no, it's more mild, but it's easily, it's more easily transmissible. transmissible. And I'm not sure which is which. Which one is true? Uh, which and, one has the greatest political expediency? Well, I don't want to. Say, <laughs> I, I don't want necessarily say that, but that's that's probably true. You got to take it into consideration. You, you, now, you're absolutely right, and you know things that we were hearing before don't appear to be true as we look at the statistics of these uh, new viruses. And by the way, there are going to be more on the ro- uh, down the road. Here, we're going to see other variants coming out. And uh, whether they're going to be worse in the fact that they're more serious or easy, more easily transmitted, uh, I don't know. More side effects, I don't know. Hey, guess I, what we're hearing more of now? We're hearing more about the flu now. Which you and I talked about months ago. Yeah. You know, so, um, and, and right now the symptoms are so similar, you know, uh, so... I don't know what to tell you. Is it more easily transmissible? Well, that depends on so many things. You know, uh, it depends on the person itself. Are children more susceptible? Well, uh, they're they're in contact perhaps more often with large amounts because kids are not very as hygienically uh, suitable. Yeah, when you got young kids, you know this, right? And you got so, snot everywhere. So uh, does that mean that the virus is more deadly or more easily passed? Or are the, is the virus passed in larger numbers than uh, uh, past viruses? Those things all have to be taken into account. Now, some people say, well, that's what they're doing. They're doing that. I haven't seen that data. I don't know that that's what they're doing. But I'm not too surprised that kids are getting... Uh, more easily contracting or having virus in their systems because of just that one single fact. Okay, so let, let's go to the tried and true methodology. Everybody's getting their shots. I've had my my two and my booster. I'm being. I'm just being. I'm being cautious. I'm be on the defensive side. I'm gonna play good defense. That beats good offense sometimes. And uh, so the bottom line is this: I wash my hands. All right. And I don't shake hands most of the time. I do the Yamauchi bump. You've been doing that for years, over a decade. We've been doing that. You've told us to do that. And, uh, you know, I uh, I don't go out and get in really big, big crowds. I go to the movies, yeah. But I don't go to big crowds. Big crowds, I'm talking about. Um, I don't, I'm not going to a big uh, party for New Year's Eve, you know. I think that you're... You know, the chances are the, the percentages are better if you're with a huge crowd. See, you're using common sense. You know, it makes more sense to protect yourself to not go around the virus. That's right. It makes more sense if you do go around the virus, you go around to fewer viruses. In other words, people that don't have symptoms, which are more likely to be coughing, sneezing, not washing their hands, not doing the common sense things that uh, make you more capable of transmitting something. You know, that that to me is the basis of infectious diseases. You don't pass a virus around if you're not around it. That, well, that's true. <laughs> it's absolutely and that's true. So, that's such a simple statement, and yet we have 
people who don't think about that. One of the, uh, one of the, I thought best lectures I gave was on transmission of diseases, you know, how diseases are spread. And there's such simple things as covering your mouth or turning Mm -hmm. your head or washing your hands. Cough in the crook of your elbow. I just made those kind of things make sense to and, me. You know, right now we're not hearing that very much when that's still the basis of preventing diseases is to not being exposed to because people want to hear something else. They, you know, Oh, I know all about that. What else? Well, yeah. there, there's really not what else. Hold a flame floor in front of your face or something. Yeah. You know, something <laughs> exotic. <laughs> that's the truth of the matter. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you see, you know those things. You have well, you've been on my show so many times. You've drilled those into me. Well, I hope so. I hope the people are listening to that and they say, "Oh no, Yamauchi's, you know, he's trying to promote things that are free." <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. You know that if I don't have to take a drug, I don't want to take a drug. It's that simple. I don't want to put something in my body that's going to alter my body if I don't have to. Well, that's just as simple and, as... And the new things that are coming out, that's one of the problems with the vaccine. You know, people are still unsure about the side effects of the vaccine. All right. I'm going to have you hold your thought. We're going to come back. I'm going to talk a little bit more with you, and then we've got another special guest that's going to join us. All right. Back with you. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial. You know, uh, we know that inflation is going on right now. Let me Let me digress just a moment i lived through the 70s all right i i went into the military and jimmy carter was president i remember inflation when inflation was really inflation the way that they figure inflation now and the way that they figured inflation in the 70s are two different animals if they figured inflation now like they did during the carter administration we'd be at the 14 15 percentile right now inflation goes so uh don't think that just because, you well, it's only 6%. Well, they're talking about another 5% on top of that next year. So when you look at that, you got to make sure you take good care of your nest egg. Now, first, uh, you know, they say here your IRA, your 401k, your hard-earned savings. I don't, if you got savings in the bank, why? I mean, seriously, you might as well stick it in your mattress with what they're paying you in a bank. But, you know, fi- figure out a way to, to get a return on uh, your uh, your savings and your retirement call do me a favor call david lucas financial at uh, 501-222-3315 because people understand now that getting into silver and gold is a good thing to help offset and to help protect uh, what you're doing with your retirement so uh, they work david lucas does with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country and you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. And if you want to learn more about buying silver and gold, uh, you want to go to 501-222-3315. Call them and, and, and start talking to them. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. We've got a special guest that's going to join uh, Terry Yamauchi and myself. And uh, we got Homer here. Do you still live in West Virginia, by the way? <laughs> hey, good morning, Dave. No, no, I live in Huntsville, Alabama, and we okay. also have a home. 
St. John Virgin Islands. So we go back and forth between both of those. I do get up to West Virginia occasionally, though. Uh, once a year, uh, they have a Rocket Boys Festival up in uh, Beckley, and uh, Theater West Virginia also uh, produces uh, Rocket Boys the Musical. So sometimes I'll go up there for that. Now that's pretty cool. My dad was born in Charleston and then oh, raised great. in Charleston. And um, I always tell a story here on the air that his father walked out on his family when he was nine years old, and he went into the coal mines and helped support the family. And, uh, you know, King Coal was a big thing over there in West Virginia. I went to college in Kentucky, but I went to Moorhead State, which was only about 40 miles from the West Virginia border from in Kentucky. Oh, yeah, that, that's all part of the coal fields up there. Coal fields, uh, of course, um, uh, I grew up there in the 1950s. I uh, went out to Virginia Tech in the 1960s and on to Vietnam after that. So um, um, I did. I, I you know I, I watched the coal from a distance. I watched the coal fields deteriorate, uh, which they have over the years. They were already in the 1950s. Very, the coal was starting to get into what they call low coal, where uh-huh. you have to actually just crawl in on your stomach uh, to get it. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't easy to get. It got very expensive to get. But coal is still uh, very much a um, uh, a thriving industry in a lot of ways. Uh, most of our coal that we burn for energy actually comes out of Wyoming. Right. It's, uh, strip coal, and uh, it's shipped east to the big power plants in the east, while the coal in West Virginia and Kentucky and that area, uh, that is the, the perfect coal to make steel out, out of, so it's being shipped west. It passes those trains full of Wyoming coal, goes west, and heads over to China and India and everywhere else. Uh, to make steel. So um, the, they're still a coal industry. There probably always will be a coal industry, but uh, they don't have the little uh, uh, pure company towns like Coalwood where I grew up anymore. Well, most of the guys that I went to college with and, and girls all came from, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little Southern here. They came from the holler. Uh, oh, yeah. Back in, in the in the foothills of the Appalachians and the coal towns there, and uh, they were good people. They really were, and their their families were good people. And and a lot of those coal miners, you know, they didn't want their kids in the coal mines if they didn't have to be, and they sent them to school to get an education so they didn't have to. And uh, yeah, yeah I always like uh, to quote the statistic: eighty percent of my class in the Colwood School, 80% went to and graduated from college, which is just unheard of. And that was a time when the college degree really meant something. I mean, we're talking about uh, degrees in uh, engineering Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, nursing and becoming a doctor. And uh, I mean, really, really, uh, I mean, we we were kids that came out of a place that was very practical and very hardworking. And so... Those were the kinds of, uh, of occupations that you picked, something that was really practical and uh, gave back to society. Yeah, so, and, yeah you, and you didn't have really to get black place. lung disease to do it. No, that's true. Um, yeah, black lung uh, actually began when they automated the mines. My, uh, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and probably his father before him worked in the coal mines, and they did not get black lung. Uh, my dad got black lung and, and all of that generation and quite a few after because w- once they started to automate, uh, that churned up the coal and caused all that coal dust. And uh, so that's how black lung really got it got going. They spray a lot of water down there. They require them to wear masks, but uh, there's still a lot of coal in the air. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, let, for my listeners, you know, I want to have you on to, to talk a little bit to my my younger listeners that are uh, might not be listening to the show at this time. They're probably sleeping right now because they're not in school. <laughs> uh, but you know, they can listen to the podcast or they can listen on on Facebook uh, to the interviews that I'm doing with you right now. And you're really good about talking to people about you can be what you want to be, correct? Well, I, absolutely. Um, and, and I'm an example of, <clears throat> I'm an example of that. And, um, uh, and a lot of the kids that I grew up with, um, I mean, we came, our, our, our parents were, were poor or lower, lower middle class. Um, but, um, we figured, we figured out the system at that time. The, the, the system at that time was to, uh, go get a college degree in something that was needed, uh, like engineering or medicine, uh, something like that, and then come out the other end of it and um, and do well. You have to work hard, of course, and uh, and that was our system. Uh, the system these days, it's I think it's more difficult because uh, kids have trouble figuring out what it is that they really really want to do. Uh, there's all of these influences all around them uh, in the electronic medium that kind of drags away their their ideas and their thoughts. And uh, so what I recommend is uh, for kids, uh, of course, first they should read one of my books, Rocket Boys, or maybe the new one, Don't Blow Yourself Up, Yeah, uh, to, to, to see examples of what can happen and good things as well as bad things, but anyway, work things uh, where you're getting through life. Um, and then uh, uh, besides that, um, they need to get a little quiet time. Uh, and figure out what it is in their life that they they have that they can possibly be passionate about. What is it that every day when they wake up they go, oh boy, I get to go to work today. I mean, you have to do that. There's the family side and all that, but there is work takes up a big portion of your life, and you better choose something that you like and prepare yourself for it, or else you're going to be dreading every day getting up and and having to do something that you don't want to do. So uh, the kids, the ones that pay attention. Uh, they'll get off by themselves and say, you know, I, what, I, what do I want to do? I really want to be a radio talk, host, a talk show host. How do I do that? Well, one of the things you do is make friends with somebody like you, Dave, and go uh, sweep out the office what, or studio, whatever it takes, and, uh, and start turning that crank to, uh, to make your life end, uh, uh, such that you're doing something that you like to do. I did, I did that. I, you know, uh, when, uh, finally, I, I worked myself to the point where I worked up, uh, wake, uh, woke up every day and said, oh, boy, I get to go to work for NASA today. And it was, like, really fun. Uh, now I wake up and say, oh, boy, I get to go write today. I've got, you know, a, a literary career that's, uh, that's done very, very well. But um, I prepared myself for that. It didn't just come overnight, and that's what you have to do. But first you have to figure out what is that passion? What is it that you really, really want to do? And that, that can be the hard part. Yeah, that's one of the things my dad told me. He was a steel worker. He told me, I don't want you to have to work in the mills. He worked at Inland up there in, in northwest Indiana outside of Chicago. And he said, I want you to have a, a better job than what I've had and to be able to have you know better things than what I had. But he said, son, make sure you pick something that you love, because if it's something that you love, you'll never have a job. Well, exactly. Um, and, you know, we have to be really careful today. Again, uh, universities, colleges have changed a lot uh, since I went there. Um, there are a lot of degrees. Um, you spend a whole lot of money getting a degree in mm-hmm. something that's uh, really 
Not, there's nothing you can't do anything with it. I, 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 I would hate to start citing examples of that, but I think most of us know uh, of these uh, degrees. These days, um, a lot of kids are looking out there and saying, you know who's really making the money? Plumbers, electricians. I Blue like collar guys, fun yeah. work, you know. And uh, matter of fact, uh, my neighbor down in the in the Virgin Islands, he's a plumber, and he owns a bigger, better house than I do. Of course, he <laughs> he uh, he created a plumbing business, but and he loved it. He loved his work. So a lot of blue collar workers uh, or blue collar work is really good work. But you have to again, you have to prepare yourself for it. You have to work hard uh, to go up through the through the trades. And uh, as you know, uh, of course, uh, I'm interested in uh, the space business. Yes. And so what what I see uh, out there, we, we're in uh, really the second golden age of spaceflight right now, Dave. We had the first with Apollo, and we shut all that down. Uh, but now uh, we're coming back strong, and um, the next place it's really going to be developed in, in space is uh, we're going to get out of low Earth orbit and go to the moon. And why go to the moon? Well, for the same reason that, um, I, you know, I met uh, John Kennedy before he was president years ago. He was running for senator, and uh, that was back in 1959. And uh, I told him then we should go up to the moon and mind the blame thing. And... Um, so that's what I, I'm on the National Space Council, and that's what I, I recommend now is, um, is we go, uh, go up to the moon. It's covered with resources that we need. And um, I will not be particularly excited when a professional astronaut lands on the moon and walks around. We've kind of already done that. I will be really, really excited when a plumber lands on the moon, an electrician lands on the moon, and a miner lands on the moon. Mm-hmm. And we got work we got work that we're gonna be doing there and shipping back those uh, those resources, uh like thorium and helium three and uh, there's actually gold on the moon. Most people don't realize that. But the moon, there there are a lot of resources to be found on the moon. Uh so that's what I see uh opening up and that's one of the things that uh, you know, I was recommending that uh, I wrote a paper for NASA back in 1992 and, uh, outlining and detailing what it would take for us to go back to the moon, and uh, NASA actually suppressed that paper. I, I, I've got that in the new book. Uh, they were going, no, 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 we're not going to uh, go back to the moon. We're not interested in the moon. Well, we're <laughs> interested now because the Chinese are interested. That's right. So, so we're headed back, no question about it. But um, we, we better make, it, make the policy clear and uh, pick the right uh, uh, rockets to go back and the right people to do it. And, uh, but it's mostly, and I, what I hope, it's going to be businesses that open up the moon and, um, and actually utilize the resources. It's our eighth continent, so we should use it. Very, very cool. Don't blow yourself up quickly. What's the book about? Then people should pick it up. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's a memoir. It continues. The, it's the sequel to Rocket Boys, uh, October Sky. For those who have only seen the movie, it's called October Sky. So the next forty years for that boy in uh, in that book in the movie, what happened to him? I can tell you real quick. He went off to college, built a big game cannon there. Uh, was in the Fourth Infantry Division over in Vietnam. Had a pretty tough time over there, and then became a scuba instructor. Um, uh, and wrote all about the, uh, the the big battle off the East Coast during World War II. Then he worked for NASA, and then he wrote that book, Rocket Boys, and then he got a movie made. So um, they say if you're going to write a memoir, you either fool yourself or you got a lot of good stories. So I think i got a lot of good stories to tell, and that's why I wrote uh, Don't Blow Yourself Up. Let's get you back on in the near future, and let's talk about the moon. What do you say? 
I'm all for it. I'm, I can I can wax I can wax on and on about the moon. Dave. I've heard so, that, I've heard your great racketeer. So I'm looking forward to you coming back on and telling some more stories. Homer, thank you so much. Homer Hickam here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be in touch with you again soon. Thank you much. All right, that's Homer. Don't blow yourself up is his new book. Quick break, and I'll be back with Terry again. We'll talk a little bit more about what's going on with COVID here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, so I know you like to save money. I like to save money. Everybody wants to save money. And you're probably thinking there's no way to save money when you buy your health insurance. That's not true. Here's what you do. You call Pat Davis. Pat Davis will save you 30 to 50%, and you'll probably get better health Uh, insurance than you got right now and it's not some specific uh, health insurance you got to buy this is uh, any any kind of health insurance that's sold here in the united states save you 30 to 50 percent make sure that you don't pay another copay and in fact you'll get uh, checks back from uh, the uh, urgent care facilities and sometimes even the hospital to find out how to do that you need to call pat davis Talk to the specialist on that. That's Pat, 501-605-6935, or visit him at yourhealthplanman.com. All right, Terry Yamauchi is here with me in studio. We're down to about seven minutes to go to the top of the hour. Duck is going to be here in the next hour. Joe won't be. He's on his way to Tampa to watch the Hogs play against uh, Penn State. You know, And by the way, Right now, they're saying Penn State going to win it, uh, and I don't believe it. I've watched Penn State play a lot this year because I keep up with the Big Ten because that's what I grew up with, and I just don't think that they can beat Arkansas. I re- that Look at the way that Michigan ran on them, and Michigan cannot run as well as we can. I'm just telling you, we're going to run them. We're going to run them into the ground. That's going to happen on on Saturday, so don't miss that game on television. All right, Terry, let's go back. We were talking about where we're at with COVID. Uh, we got this new variant. We're going to have more variants down the road. How do how do we get people to understand that? Let's say the next variant. I don't know what they're going to call it. You know, zoo or Z or maybe something. You know, it's going to be a something out of the Greek. Uh, lexicon so what um, how do we get people from being frightened by it you know that that's the key for me or is that is that that, is that the media doing that i think it's part of it is certainly the media but um, that's going to be a very very tough thing to do i wish they could tell you that oh all we have to do is you know give it a catchy name and or give it one that's impossible to pronounce and people won't say it (laughs) that's a good idea no i was just those are the kinds of things i think about being half crazy but uh uh education 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 uh and it seems to me that the public is um very very tough to to educate. So it's got to be catchy. It's got to be simple. And as you've mentioned in the past, it's got to be cheap somehow. Yeah. You know, as cheap as possible. So those are the the ways to go. Now, uh, people have got to start believing. And we've got to make people that are trying to sell these things more believable. 
um, we can't come up with ideas that are, you know, yeah, you can take Drano or you can yeah. do this or that. You know, they got to they got to be somewhat sensible to to appeal to people. So uh, there's no simple way to do it. You've got to do those sort of things. Okay, so explain something to me. People typically, scientists, believe in herd immunity. That's why you vaccinate people, and then you get to a certain point, enough people have been vaccinated that you can turn the curve, so to speak, because of that. Yet, when you talk about immunity after you've had the disease, they don't want to get into it. It's a, it's a both sides of the same coin. Yes, and you're asking a very tough question. What is the answer? I don't know what the answer to that is. It makes it theoretically it makes sense that if you immunize or if enough people have protection, be the protect what kind of protection? First of all, I guess uh, is it is it at high enough levels that it protects everyone who gets exposed? You know, different levels of protection suit for different people. That's one of the reasons why we have problems with older people, people with pre-existing diseases. They might have some protection, but it's not enough. Right. So those are all factors that you have to consider when you say, I'm going to immunize and protect everybody. Is the immunization high enough? Do the levels get high enough? Is the antibody that you make to protect you the right antibody? We know that there are different there are different antibodies that you have in your body that have different areas of protection. We might protect you from uh, from the virus from multiplying. That might protect you from having certain effects of the of the virus. So all of those ha- factors have to be put in to make sure you have even uh, protection. All right, I appreciate so, you coming in. It's not an easy answer, Dave. You I know. got you. It's complex. I understand. That's why there's people like you. I have you on. Have you on to explain this to us? And we're going to have him back on. I'm not going to talk about disease, though. I'm going to talk baseball with him. It's not that long. You know, we're two months away from pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training, brother. And we can get excited again. I have to tell you one quick thing. Sure. When I was in uh, grade school or high school, you know, we have counselors tell you what you can sure. do. Sure. And uh, I went in, and my counselor said, Terry, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a baseball player or a doctor. Yeah. And she said, well, you better be a good baseball player because you're not smart enough to be a doctor. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just watched a movie that the, the, the stepfather told a kid on a scale of 1 to 10 he was a 3. And I thought, oh, man, I can't believe that would happen. All right. A break. Uh, We're going to get on here with uh, Duck, and we'll talk cars when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show.
What a first hour. That was a great first hour. There. Dr. Terry Yamauchi in here talking about COVID. Again, let me go over what he said. They're just commonsensical things that you should do are the things that you should do. Wash your hands. Uh, you know, use a hand sanitizer. Uh, stay out of big, big groups of people. And do the Yamauchi bump. You know, what's Yama, it's, that's fisting each other, you know, or doing elbow. using your elbow. And if you do those things, your chances of probably getting the virus are reduced by uh, a lot of percentage points, just the way it is. Now, he'll tell you you should go ahead and get inoculated. He is. I am. Me too. You know, as far as that goes. But if you don't want to, that's your decision. I'm not one of those people who believes the federal government should be telling you that you got to do that. I don't think that companies <laughs> should tell you to do that. Of course, uh, you know, it depends on whether the company allow you to have paid, you know, sick leave and stuff. Then that's up to the company. Where does HIPAA law comes into this, Dave? As far as what? As yeah, well, that, far as that's me the question. saying that I, I've got the shot or I didn't get the shot. I don't mind telling people I got it, but if I don't want nobody to know, where does the HIPAA law come into this? You don't have to tell them. I know, but you're getting people that's getting terminated from their job because they don't want to say whether they got it or not. That's going to be resolved what day is it the Supreme Court hearing this, uh, Heidi? Is it, is it pretty soon. On the 7th, I think it was. I think it's on the 7th. Uh, some of this stuff will be re- resolved on that day. Yes. That's, I mean, that's what's, what's going to happen. So you, well, I keep need to hearing keep in that, mind. that the president don't have the authority to throw these laws out. That's what they say. That he's putting out. Supreme Court will decide it. Some, somebody's got to make <laughs> a decision. And yeah. Somebody's got to make a decision pretty quick. That is the one that everybody has to live by yes that's, uh, exactly right and i i know that that's uh, that's coming up uh, in what couple weeks it happened we'll be re- we'll be talking about it when we get close to it um uh, i should find out i should give a call to uh, salem and see if they're going to carry that live we should we should look into it and see about it because i tell you what the the thing about uh, abortion a few weeks back Listening, that was amazing. It really, really was very, very. I would say it's entertaining, just because it's uh, you know dealing with law and things of that nature doesn't mean it's not entertaining. No. Just listening to them make their arguments to me is is uh, very, very entertaining. And most of them have real good points when they're making the arguments. Oh yeah, yeah. They come loaded for bear both sides. Yeah, too. they they done done all the research and all the figuring, and they've got everything down pat, and they know what they want instantly. And you know that they're in trouble when they just stare back at the justices when they ask a question. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that one. Yep. Because they get, that's what they do. They sit down and say, well, what what questions do you think they're going to ask? Boom, 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 boom. They, they weren't in the abortion one. They were not prepared to spend as much time as they did uh, the, the people who want it. Roe v. Wade to just stand where it was. We're not the viability argument. They weren't ready for that as, as heavily it was brought to them. And uh, because there were three justices that really questioned them on that one. I mean, when Roberts even starts asking, that he's the guy you got to listen to at times because he's kind of, you know, he's the chief justice and he kind of pushes people on court 
different ways. Yes. And uh, he started pushing about how viability just was not a a logical way of deciding things. So it's going to be an interesting decision. We've got to wait till June probably about that. The one about uh, vaccinations, I think that decision will come down within a week. Yeah, because they, so. they got to make it. They, they got to make it a decision quickly. Yep, got to get it done. Uh, Joe is not here. He is in Tampa. Lucky uh, he, Joker. Yeah, he yeah, he left late. I guess afternoon yesterday. Going to get there probably Friday. That's what I think. Game's yeah, not until Saturday. Gonna, he ain't going to drive straight through. No, no. He'll, he'll be down somewhere around Atlanta last night, spend the night, or he'll get himself a nice room. Get himself, say at one of those resorts, you know, be able to get a get a drink with an umbrella in it. You know, well, they've had a bunch of them canceled, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Texas A&M, they bowed out because they said, I don't got no players. Yeah, well, I'll I tell you what, the one, the only one that really, really irritated me was uh, University of North Carolina was supposed to play UCLA. And UCLA calls the AD at North Carolina, who, by the way, was in the city where the bowl was going to happen at because they'd already traveled there. And they they were, you know, the, the teams show up to play these bowls because they get money for coming. Oh, yes. Each one of them, and was it the Sun Bowl that they were going to play? $3.2 million each. That's pretty well, they're good not, money. They're not getting that money now. And well, I got a question to ask UC, about but, that. But UCLA called. The coach or the, or the AD four hours before the kickoff. <laughs> hey, we're not going to be able to make it. What? You know, you didn't know this two yeah. days in advance. Well, he made the, the coach made the statement. They lied to us flat out. They lied to us. UCLA lied to us. What's the big surprise there? All right, Pac twelve. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Okay, what's your what's your question? I got a question. You know, talking about like the, like the Razorback, Razorbacks are down in Tampa. Yep, they'll get X amount of dollars for playing the game, whether they win, lose, or draw, whatever. But who pays for all their room and their board and their? A lot of that is paid for by sponsor. Oh, by the bow. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's sponsors that are. Yeah. You know, behind they're paying the bowl. millions to have their name on that bow. You want to know who's who's being who's uh, paying the big money? ESPN. Oh, yes. That's who's playing, ESPN. ESPN has Bowl Week, and I think for the last three years, it's been Capital One. It's been the uh, – I say now Alabama's playing Cotton Bowl, correct? Yes. That was a lot – there's a lot of money in those bowls, let me oh, tell yeah. you. A lot of money. I still think that, you know, uh, we could have a bowl here in in uh, Arkansas, right at War Memorial. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's 50, what, 53,000? Yeah, 53, 54. Yeah, you could fill that up. That one last night I was watching, it was uh, Oregon and uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That was a good game. They I couldn't stay up late enough. It had 50, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't the see Alamo the end of it. Yeah, it was 37 to 17, I think, when I fell asleep. And uh, uh, Oklahoma won at, what, 48, 37, something like that? Oh, so they come back and scored a few Hell points. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good game. If you like offense, you saw it last night. Yeah, the first game, the first half though was defense because it was what six to three when they went in at halftime, or nine to three, or something like that. <laughs> they made they made some pretty good uh, changes to their their offenses, didn't they? Yeah, the coach snapped them in line. Yeah, good game. Catch the ball, 
the first half couldn't either side catch the ball. I want to see now that Lincoln has left Oklahoma if they can. Because what was it? Was it Stoops that was? Uh, he come. He it? he said he was on the, at the 18th hole playing golf when he received a phone call. We need you to come do this game. Okay. And he done a good job. Yeah. He, he just walked in and. It's not like it's his first bowl game. Oh, yeah. It ain't like that. But. <laughs> and, and he's a great coach. Everybody's watching to see what the the starting quarterback does at Oklahoma. Does he stay or does he go, you know, now that Lincoln well, is One left. of them's already transferred to Arkansas. Yeah, as far as that's concerned. We got another one come from, into the portal? From Oklahoma. Uh, I think it was a running back. Oh, a running back. Okay, I, was, I thought you were talking about quarterback. No, I yeah. think it was a running back. I don't think we need a quarter. We don't need any kind of quarterback controversy. I think we got a pretty good quarterback. I right think now. so too. He done a good job this year, and I figure he'll do a good job next year too. He reminds me of what's his name that was with uh, Auburn for so long. Now he he plays in the NFL. His his time in the NFL is starting to come to a close. Um, was it Sizik had him? Something like that. When the when the when the Everybody, there's guys that are sitting out there. Dang, Dave, don't you know his name? It eludes me right now, just yep. so you know. All right, it eludes me. All right, got to get a break in. Let's do that here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk about a little bit about Bumper to Bumper. They are the sponsor of this show. They are sponsor of the Car and Truck Doctors on Saturday here on 1011, uh, the, uh, the answer and uh, – They've signed a contract to do another year, so we're excited about that. And uh, they're good people, and they're good people to the uh, uh, bumper-to-bumper certified service centers as well. Yeah, and and, uh, they have parts, you know, from AC Delco to Motocraft to Standard, uh, Lux Clutches. I mean, they got about any part you want. Don't get me wrong. They're having some issues with stuff that's – everybody's having issues you know you know the supply chain screwed up man. oh yeah you know but there again they're good people they're family owned over like 101 year old uh you can't and and they'll go out of your way dave to help you i mean if if i'm looking for something you know they'll they'll go out of their way to make sure i get it you know sometimes it's a pain but most of the time between me and and Jerry and anybody that you know that we need, you can pick the phone up, call and talk to them. If you want to talk to Kenneth, you can call and talk to. Well, Kenneth. that's a big thing. They yes. are very, very accessible. Yes, if you want to talk to Crow, you can pick the phone up, talk to Crow. I mean, you know, but they're good people. They've got good parts. They've got a two-year, twenty-four thousand-mile warranty, and that's good anywhere in the United States. I don't know about Alaska, but basically the lower United 48. States. Yeah, but I'm sure if you was in Canada and you had problems, somebody would take care of you. I'm sure they they'd get someone to to get you to back I'm, up running. I'm sure that that would be the case. Got a warranty? Got a warranty? That's the way it works. All right, quick break. Then we'll come back and do more here on 101. Duck is in the studio. Joe is on his way to Tampa. We'll continue our conversation in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk a little bit about cars. If you've got a question, 823-0965, 823-0965, and uh, Duck will ta- tackle it for you. As we told you, uh, Joe's not here today. 
He's going to go see the Hogs play on Saturday. Um, in which bowl is it that you're going to be in? You remember? Nope. I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, but uh, it's one of the major bowls. You're playing on. You're playing on uh, New Year's Day. That's a major bowl. And I was watching the head coach, and you know he set goals this year. Uh, they had to win. He wanted to win all three of the trophies that they had: LSU, Missouri, whatnot, and a couple other things that he wanted to do. And then, last but not least. He wants to win the bowl game on New Year's Day because we're notorious about showing up and then get beat. Show up because they haven't been out partying too much or something. Yeah, so they're going to be there, but, and he's yeah, they're going to win, he says, this year. But two years ago, Dave, who would ever dream that we would be in a major nobody. bowl? Nobody. Was just, it, is it just, the out by, Outback Bowl they're in? That sounds right. Yeah, okay. So anyway. just changing of the head coach. Well, of course, different – completely different atmosphere and culture i mean they did not want to play for the other coach because he's got the same players you know he's added some along the way but he's still got quite a few of the same players come from the other coach yeah that did not want to play but he was not a college coach to be honest he's more of a high school coach and that's where he's back at and that's you know but two years ago if you'd have told me hey we'll We'll win eight games. Nah. Well, I I didn't expect eight games, but I knew that that this coach would change the the whole culture because look, he's been in the SEC for a long time. He he was over there at, at Georgia for years. Oh yeah, that's why and Georgia's got what they got. Because you want to look at the offensive line of Georgia, <laughs> Sam Pittman made it is the reason that that is the way it is. I mean, I mean, he believes. In the in the in beef up front and doing their job, but he also believes in the forward pass too. Yes, <laughs> he's not Woody Hayes. Let's just put it that way. Yes, you know he's still, he's in the twenty first century. All right, enough about that. But uh, yeah, the game is going to be I think uh, eleven o'clock in the morning on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, you should be okay. Yeah, you won't have you can get rid of the hangover by then. <laughs> okay, just just to let you know. All right. Let, let me, let me again. throw a question at you here. I've got it right in front of me. Chad's got a 2006 Lincoln Mark LT, eight-cylinder, 5.4 liter. Uh, he needs help. Is it a fuse or a relay is what it says. My truck just started doing this. I noticed my lights were on and flickering when it was parked in the driveway. I also realized my truck will not lock the doors. They unlock just fine but will not lock when the key fob or the lock button uh, is used on the front doors. So I have had to disconnect the battery because I don't want the lights being on to kill the battery. Is this a fuse or is it a relay? It's probably by the control module. It has relays made into it. That one there is is it made into the fuse panel. That's an old six model. Yes. It's made into the fuse panel underneath the hood probably got some water in it or something other than a little green monsters growing um you're gonna have to take it to me or joe or somebody that can go in there and scan it look at it find figure it. out what's going on and you'll probably you'll probably wind up replacing the fuel the fuse box module which is underneath the hood which that's part of the body control module and everything but they're seven eight hundred dollars plus you got about three or four hundred dollars to get them put in and programmed and 
they're easy to put in. I mean, it takes about 15, 20 minutes to put them in, but then they have to be programmed. Yeah, and then you, you got to go you got to get a hold of uh, you gotta, you Lincoln got, and get uh, okay to do it. Right? Well, you, well, we had to call forward and, and buy a prescription. The prescription now is seventy five dollars instead of fifty dollars. It went up this, or coming up in January, it's going up. But it's you need know, take it to somebody that can go in and look at all the information and they can tell you what's wrong. All right, that's a pretty easy one to answer. There, that's good. Uh, Chelsea has a 2004 Chevy Silverado 1500, eight-cylinder, 5.3 liter. What is the cause or steps I can take to solve my intermittent door locking issue? My key fobs were working intermittently. Now they hardly work at all. I replace batteries and clean the inside of the fobs. Makes no difference. I was able to press the remote repeatedly until the door is locked or unlocked, and this took several minutes sometimes. The interior buttons lock unlock as normal every time I press the button. Now the only time the remote works is when I open and close the passenger front door. I'm guessing the driver door sensor is bad. What can I do to narrow down the culprit? There again, Dave, needs to be scanned. All that's controlled through the body control module. And by it's all what, computerized. Yeah, and by what she's describing, it's probably going to be the fob. But you can't go just buy a fob. Make you know, so you, you can buy the fob. Then it's got to be programmed, right? And if you buy one, you need to buy two because if you got one bad, the other one probably bad too. They're both two thousand and four, and they've probably been in water and dropped here and there. But she's most likely got a bad fob, and she's sitting there mashing a the button, mashing a button until it works. And I've done that before. We've had customers come in same way. Hey, my fob works sometimes. Next time it won't lock the doors, won't unlock the doors, won't start the truck or whatever. But uh, she's probably got a bad fob. But she's going to have to take it to one of us and let one of us scan it and look at it and then buy the fobs and program them. Okay. Now, you can buy the fob for them, right? Yes. Okay. They don't have to run over to dealership or something like that. If they that. go to the dealership, they have got to have proof that they own the vehicle, like the copy of the title or a copy of the registration, a driver's license with a picture on it of whoever it's registered to to get them to do that for you. Okay. Me, I don't have to. All I got to do is say, hey, I'm Duck's Garage. I'm working on it. And they'll sell them to me because they know I'm not, I'm, you know, not out stealing vehicles. Okay. At least but, they don't think you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay. It's just a joke. All right. Let me get one more in here. You got about 60 seconds here. Paul has a 2014 Ford Explorer, uh, six cylinder, three and a half liter. Why do I have no heat at idle but heat when I depress the accelerator? At idle, there's no heat blowing cold air, but when the gas pedal is pressed, I have some heat. I replaced the thermostat, drained the coolant, refilled the coolant, and vacuumed the lines. Still no heat at idle or when the foot is not on the accelerator. Got a bloat head gasket. Really? Wow. But and the reason they don't have no heat because the heater core is higher than the engine. Right. Where the water goes in. Mm-hmm. So when you got a blowed head gasket, all the air goes straight to the heater cord. Then when you accelerate, it'll force it on through and get the air out of the heater cord. The heater cord starts working again. But I'd lay the odds. You can put, my, I got a little deal. You set in the radiator and you watch it. And if it's got carbon, you know, if you're getting exhaust in it, right. it, it turned yellow looking, about the color of that 50 sign over there. But it's got a blowed head gasket. Okay. 3.5, they had problems with that. Not the best news. Nope, but it's most likely she can put a water pump on it. That ain't going to fix it. She can put thermostat in it. That ain't going to fix it. 
until you pull the heads and put head gaskets on and get the heads planed. All right. You heard it right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. More with Duck when we return. We got Bill O'Reilly coming up, or somebody sitting in probably for Bill O'Reilly since we're going into uh, the New Year's uh, weekend. And uh, then we will get back to more of your questions as well on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stick around. We got a lot more coming your way. Don't forget, I'm off tomorrow and on Monday. So is Heidi. Specials on both those days. All right, PI Roofing, don't forget about them. They'll uh, take good care of your roof. I mean, don't expect that they're going to come out Saturday and do a roof on your house. That probably is not going to happen since it's New Year's Day. But, you know, you could call them today and uh, ask them to come out and look at your roof. Uh, And the other thing that probably Friday and Saturday is going to be a lot of rain in the area. So with the rain, you know, they can't get up on your roof. It gets really dangerous then. So, uh Set up something for next week. Have them come out, look at your house. You know, maybe you've got some signs that you got a leak, you know, discoloration on the ceiling or discoloration on a wall or maybe down at the baseboard you see a little water or something like that. If that's the case, you know, talk to them, get them to come out as quickly as they can because if you got discoloration, you got water getting in your home and it's doing damage and you want to make sure that, uh, they fix that for you uh, before it gets out of hand. Call them at 707-3551, 707-3551, or you can just visit them online at piroofing.com. Told, told you, I want to talk to Joel Johnson or uh, Veronica or one of their uh, representatives, and they'll get you well on way on getting things fixed for you at your house. Tammy uh, has a 2014 Nissan Pathfinder uh, duck. It's a six-cylinder and three-and-a-half liter engine. Everything is key fobs or fuel filters or whatever on here. A lot of key fobs here. I have a 2014 Nissan Pathfinder that has issues turning over. On three occasions, vehicle starts up but then cuts off. But after about 10 minutes, it will finally start up and run. On Monday, the vehicle started, but as usual, cut off within seconds. But this time, while the engine cranked, it would not start. Uh, The uh, technician came within 20 minutes. He put the key uh, fob on the start button, and of course it started, but the ride to the dealership was sluggish. Changed the spark plugs, coils. Also, we had a small vacuum leak, which was fixed. After using sea foam, the ride was smoother as the vehicle was dirty. I have a hard time believing that a key fob would be the cause, especially since the drive afterwards seemed sluggish, and on Monday it kept hiccuping as if it was going to shut off. It will eventually start and run after sitting for a while. She could have two different problems, Dave. Okay. She could have a fuel pump problem. All right. Not getting enough gas. Yep. She could have a fuel pump problem, but I'd lay odds if she has another key. Because I think it says key fob, but I think that one's got a key that goes in the dash too. Oh, okay. If it's got, she has another key. She needs to put the other key in and see what it'll do, and that'll probably stop. Because she said it runs what twenty ten seconds and cuts off. Yeah, that's the anti theft catching it because the key fob is not being read by the halo around the ignition switch okay so it's starting and then it says hey i'm not so i'm not supposed to be running yeah something's wrong you know you got the wrong key fob uh but there again 
she may have fuel pump issues because the way she's talking about it's herking and jerking and hiccuping and all that. Sound like one low fuel pressure. But we need to know if you check engine lights on. Yeah. That'll make a difference. And you need to know when you put the key in, does anti-theft light on the dash come on or the comes on up and says, you know, theft. But she's, she's probably got two different problems. Okay. And one of them is probably going to be a fuel fuel issue. That 2014 don't have a fuel filter on it. It's made inside the tank in the sock. But uh, she can go to, they don't say where she's at, but she can go to one of the bumper-to-bumper certified center and explain this to them, what's going on and what the dealer's done. And you can run a fuel pressure test on it. You can look at it. That 2014 should be somewhere around 65, 68 pounds. I'm, you know, off the top of my head, but... She needs to go somewhere where somebody can scan it. Yeah. And besides, call going, Duck, talk, talk to Joe, talk to any yeah. of the bumper to bumper certified service. If you call us, we'll we'll get you lined out and get you somewhere and get you took care of. Wherever you're closest to, we'll send you. If you're out at West Little Rock, we'll send you out to Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in North Little Rock, we'll send you Joe. If you're down my way or if you're down Pine Bluff, you know, we'll send you to Kenneth or, or one of them down through there. You know, there's people all here in the area. We we'll send you over to Danny's or somebody yeah. like that. You know, we'll we'll get you closest where you're at to someone that can take care of you, and and we all've got the high dollar computers. I just upgraded mine. Uh, it's smooth, fifteen grand. If you're over there at uh, Rose City, you know you got uh, uh, with uh, David over yep. there at Affordable. There's 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 a there we're, we're all around this, and you can and close to you. Kenneth. All the rest of yeah, them are close and, to you. And you can just go online, pull it up, and look and say, hey, I'm I, this is where I live. What's the closest one? It'll come up and tell you who's the closest. And we're all going to give you the same service, whether you come to me or to Joe or to whoever. We'll figure out your problem. Then we'll tell you, hey, this is what it's going to take to fix it. And if you need key fobs, we'll get you some key fobs and get them programmed. But she's probably got two problems. She's probably got a key fob problem and a fuel pump problem. All right. All right, Caleb has a 1993 Ford F-250, 8-cylinder, Seven and a half liter engine. Been having a problem with it not shifting into third gear. How do I fix this? What I noticed was when it's cold out, the transmission will shift fine, but once it warms up, it won't shift. The only way to get it to shift is if I put it into neutral, then drive, and it will manually shift into third and so forth. What could be a solution to fixing this? Is it the transmission that I need to replace? I'm going to tell you, Gary's going to have a better answer to this than Yeah, that's anybody. what I was fixing to say. It's, it's got transmission problems. It could be a valve body problem. It could. That's a 93, so they're going to have no solenoids inside it. Uh, you just need to call Gary Henry and talk to him. It's uh, 501-315-9100. Tell him that we told you to call. It's most likely inside the transmission is where the problem is. And uh, don't think that they can get it in in the morning and have it out in the afternoon. No, because Gary's just like the rest covered of up right now. Yeah, I've got probably 40 sitting on the yard to work on. And it's I, amazing. I had him build a transmission for me. I went over to pick it up, and, and you know, he was, he's just like the rest of us. You know, we're swamped because right now you cannot find a new car to buy. I waited 18 weeks, and I didn't get what I wanted, but I got close. It's white instead of red. Okay, so we've got uh, Democrat in the White House, right? 
It would have surprised you. All right. I'm sorry. Dave, you know it's cloudy. I mean, it's uh, foggy outside. Yeah. I can't yeah. even see out the window. I can't even see the building across is it, over. Is that how thick it is out there? Oh, now? yeah. Okay. yeah. You can't see nothing out there. Yeah, I'll be sitting here for a little while because I'll tell you what, when it gets really foggy like that, Man, it I was, do not want to go over to River Bridge. It was foggy when I drove in this morning from Benton. Man, okay. it was foggy. It wasn't too bad when I came in early. Now, yesterday, different story. Yesterday, driving down the road, it looked like somebody had whitewashed my windows. <laughs> and that's what it looked like. And you didn't know the car was in front of you until you got about eight foot from him, and then you could see his taillights, kind of. All right, let's see who we got here. We've got you went, uh, at the bottom here, what, Nettie? Yep. Okay, 2009 Mercury Mariner, uh, a base model, four-cylinder, 2.5 liter. When I try to start my car, it will not start, but all light and dashboard, uh, dashboard works, etc. After I wait a while and try to start it, it turns over. Uh you got to get it to one of us like one of us check it because that ain't enough information to know what's going on with it yeah it, it could be the starter could be them fords the uh 07 through 09 had problems with the positive battery cable where they crimped them on they didn't get them crimped good and they had problems with the losing connection there um yeah you got to take it to one of us let one of us see it and we can take care of you all right well let's get our final break in and then uh, we'll be done with our breaks, and we can finish up going to the top of the hour. This is my last day this week. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. We're off. Uh, Heidi and I are both off uh, Friday and on Monday, company holidays. And we'll have special shows for you, and we hope that you will enjoy them. But right now, let me tell you about East End Towing. No matter the situation, they can handle it for you, uh, whether they're just, you know, hooking up your car putting it on a truck or uh you know coming out they see you you got you got a boat that you're pulling or a camper that you're pulling uh they'll take care of all of that for you uh the folks at east end towing uh, belong to the arkansas tow and recovery board they're licensed they're insured and every one of their trucks is permitted so you know you're getting people who know what they're doing, and they'll take good care of you. Call them, 501-888-8849. One more time for that number. Put it in your phone, okay? Put it in your phone. Because sooner or later, one day, you're going to need to get a tow. Might as well have under towing uh, this number, 501-888-8849. All right. So, uh, Doc, let me ask Michael's question. He's got a 2002 Hyundai Santa Fe, six-cylinder, 2.7 liter. It is an LX edition. How do I keep my car running is the uh, little title to this. I changed the spark plugs. I also changed the fuel pump, the fuel pressure regulator, the crank sensor, the camshaft sensor, the timing belt, and uh, the uh, – get to the rest of it – and a car to look with tire off tire didn't come off the ground with car. No, that's not it. Where's the it's a water pump and also well, a water the pump. Position. And I also changed the throttle position sensor as a new starter and a new battery. All right, let's just stop there first. Why did you do that? Why did Why didn't you just have it? If you had, you couldn't get it started. Tow it over to Ducks or Joe's or. Somebody close that's a bumper to bumper certified center. Let them scan it, and they could have. Figure out what was wrong. You probably didn't need all that stuff. He probably spent 
Um, three thousand dollars on parts. Unbelievable. And and you haven't fixed it, so there's still something else you got to change. And it could be simple as a key pop. Right. Could be since it could be simple as a bad connection at the battery. You got to get it somewhere and let one of us check it because what you wrote up. All that tells me is that you created, you know, you got a problem. And then you made more problems. And you throwed parts and throwed parts and throwed parts, and it didn't fix it. So, I mean, you almost I, put a whole new engine in. First thing I need to know is, <laughs> does a check engine light Serious? come on? You know, has it been struck by lightning? Yeah. Don't know. You know, without putting the monitor on it and pulling it up and look, just because you put a new fuel pump in it, is it really making pressure? Is the pump really coming on? All that's controlled through the, you know, through the through the ECM and stuff. Could be that you needed to replace that, and everything else would have worked. Exactly, you could have put ECM in it. But there again, if you'll take it to one of the certified centers, and we'll put it on the monitor, and we can tell you what it's doing, and we can fix the problem. I go back and we remind everybody that fixing your car now is not the way. It was, as we like to say, back in the day. Things have changed. Well, back in the day, all it had was a carburetor distributor and spark plugs, and it would run. Typically. Nowadays, you got cam sensors, you got crank sensors, you got this, you got that. And they all talk to each other. Yep. Mama, Mama's sitting there waiting for everybody to respond. And if you, if you don't respond, then she turns everything off. Yeah, I just, I've made up my mind. I mean, I, I used to do work on my own car. Not anymore. I, I've never, I haven't laid a wrench on my car in 15 years. After they left using, having a, a carburetor, went to fuel injection, I was done. I mean, I just, I was done. It's just the way it is. And I would never try to change the timing change on a car. Oh, these new ones. If you don't have the kit to, to lock the cams in place, because some of these new ones has two cams per head. It's got two sets of timing chains. If you don't have the tools and it come in a big old plastic box that locks the camshafts in, locks the crankshaft all together, if you don't have them, most of them don't have no timing marks on them. That's what the tool is for. That locks it on the top dead center on number one, puts the crankshaft in the right position, locks it in there. Then you put the time and change and the tensioners on it and, and release them. Yeah, bottom line, you got to know how to take it out of the box. Exactly. <laughs> Think about and that some for a of moment. These, some of these new time and change components, when you buy the whole kit, it's twelve, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I had to have not one but both the time and change uh, fixed on my car, and it was a three thousand dollar job. Oh yeah, yeah it was it almost pretty- a, almost the cost of a new engine. It runs pretty close three to four thousand dollars with you know, and and some of these these newer ones is is going to be more expensive than that. Wait till you get to electric. Yeah. All right. Aaron's got a two thousand seven Chevy. It's a Trailblazer, six cylinder, four point two liter. Driving home on the highway, my vehicle started making a weird noise when giving it more gas, and I could also feel constant little thuds in the gas pedal, and then I noticed the engine light was flashing. I pulled over, turned the car off for a bit, and when I tried starting again, it turned over, then sputtered and died, and continues to do so. Uh, We tested all the spark plugs, and all are fine. It's 
got 237,000 miles on it, but has been well taken care of. In that little 4.2 in that trailblazer, that is a good motor. But he's probably got few problem issues. Okay. Because he said it sputtered going down the interstate, slow fuel pressure. Before you do anything else, Aaron, take it somewhere and get the fuel pressure tested. And you'll probably put a fuel pump in it. It don't say whether he's ever did it. With 237,000 miles, if he hadn't done it, he's got his well money worth out of it. Yeah. But he's, you most likely, by the check engine flashing, tell you that to shut it off because something's going down and it's probably low fuel pressure. That's why your car engine light is flashing at you. They need it. it you're means fixing a walk. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> yeah, you're fixing a walk. Yeah. yeah we're going to have some problems. All right, uh, let's try to get at least one more in here. We got Todd, got a 98 Toyota Camry. It's an LE, four cylinder, 2.2. Why does my car RPM still goes high after I've changed the clutch disc? When you go to first gear and start driving, the RPMs go all away to three and it barely, barely drives. But if I change to second, gear then it drives perfectly and it drives perfectly fine through the rest of the gears and he's tilling it backwards because usually in first and second and third it don't slip it's when you get in high gear uh toyota camry 98 model go back and check your clutch slave cylinder it's a possibility that it ain't releasing the clutch all and he said he put a clutch disc in it did he put a pressure plate in it and the throwout bearing all that in there with it or he just put the disc which most most time you can't you have to buy it in a group, but go back and check your slave cylinder, and you'll probably find your problem. Okay. All right. So we will move on to any more car questions. We've got a couple minutes left here. Let's just sit here and, and talk a little bit. What you got planned for this weekend? Nothing. I went deer hunting for three days. How'd you do? Uh, I seen a couple, but I didn't see nothing I wanted to shoot. I got, I got, we called him Bacon. He's come back around. Must be a big one, huh? It's about a three hundred pound black hog. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was he was on there last night about six thirty on one of the stands, messing with a feeder rubbing on the leg, and that's what they do. They rub on until they break the leg off and but we're gonna go back here in about two weeks and Take, see if see if we can find bacon. Clean that up. Yep. Cause yeah. he'll, he'll he needs to up, go. He'll tear up a feeder. And he'll root our, he'll you know all the the stuff that we planted back in the in the fall. He'll root it up. I mean, there won't be nothing left. Yeah, he'll up. eat all the roots. Yeah, and and he'll mess up everything. But I have got you some deer meat being ground. Oh, cool! I brought two in yesterday. One I killed, and one that uh, uh, Blake killed. Blake killed a doe. I, I killed. Where do you a, take your deer to? I take them to Tracy down at Brett Wilder's, and she does them for me. She okay. puts fat in them. She puts. <laughs> beef fat she saves her beef fats in the fall and then she'll put it in there plus she's making uh six sausage with jalapeno and cheese in them Hoorah. so she said it'd probably be sometime in the next week and she'll get it all now see i'll freeze all of that and then i'll wait to baseball season so. because she she <laughs> uh i took it to her frozen like i give it to you last, last yeah. year frozen yeah it was all frozen because we just put it in the freezer and let it freeze, and that way, sure, just keep it there. Well, I can haul it home without trying to get it, force it into a cooler because you can't hardly get it in a cooler if you ain't got a great old big cooler. And, and I had two to bring home yesterday, so that's a lot. I wrestled them, me and Tracy wrestled them out of the freezer up there, and 
it was about all me and her wanted to, to wrestle out of there. Because <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a bad hip and, and a bad back, and she's griping at me because I'm not supposed to really be picking up nothing, and she's she's griping at me, chewing on me. So we got ready to come home yesterday from the cabin. I went to picking up stuff, setting it on the back porch, so I can go out and put it in the truck, and I... She griped at me the whole time. You know, you're not supposed to pick that up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, I'm okay. I'm I'm fine. So she, when she gets up in the morning, pours some coffee, sits on the porch, and looks out on God's creation, huh? Exactly. That's she good. don't drink. She don't drink coffee. She gets her either water or unsweet tea, and but she'll go out and you know sit on the back porch of the cabin. It ain't nothing fancy, Dave. But I know that it's got all the comforts right. of home. It's got satellite TV. It's got a hot and cold shower. It's got air conditioner. It's got a heater. It's got a queen size. Sounds bed like you're sleep. all right to me. You know, have we have? You know, she enjoys it. I enjoy. I can go up there and just go out in the woods and sit and stand, and not do nothing. Doesn't need this. Commune with the Lord. You know, she she griped at me when I was up there the first week of gun season because my leg was hurting so bad. And I told her, I said, I can hurt sitting in this cabin, or I can hurt <laughs> sitting in the deer stand. I'd rather be in the deer stand. And I got a deer stand. It's got a three burner heater in it, hundred mm-hmm. pound propane bottle. I got a good chair in it. You can take a good nap in it. I got you. I'm with you. Open the front window. But I learned, you make sure you get the end of the barrel stuck out of that window before you pull the trigger. No. Because don't it'll rattle your ears. I bet you. All right. So you have a great, you have a great New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And we'll get back. Tell Kelly and I said hello. I will. And we'll get back together again next week and then start of a new year. So I can see, see you next year there, Duck. Yep. See you too. All right. Take a break. We'll be back. Uh, next year, later. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.